We, are, uh, we have been all year following kind of a, a plan on how to study your Bible, and we're going to continue that today. We've been kind of following the book, O.S. Hawkins' book, 52 Verses Every Christian Should Know, and it's called the Joshua uh, Code. And um, we're going to step out of that this week because I really wanted to talk about Thanksgiving this week. Um, being that this is, today is our Thanksgiving feast, as you can see, and this week is Thanksgiving. Now, Thanksgiving, honestly, should be every day in a Christian's life, shouldn't it? I mean, shouldn't we, we of all people recognize what we should be thankful for? I mean, um, we, are, we have been blessed beyond measure. And so we should be con- con- continually in an attitude of gratitude. But sometimes it is hard. And so we're going to look at a psalm today. We're going to look at Psalm 100 today. Psalm 100 is a Thanksgiving psalm. You read uh, verse 4 from it earlier. And so uh, we're going to look, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100, we're going to work our way through Psalm 100. It's only five verses, and we, we're going to do this in the pattern, in the format that we've been using all year, and that is we're going to look first at its context. What does it say in the context? Then we're going to look at the so what's. So what does it say about God? So what does it say about me? And so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? Then we'll look at verse 4, the, the, the primary verse here. The, the, uh, we'll look at it phrase by phrase. And then we're going to draw out the comfort and the challenge that's in, I believe, every passage of Scripture. So we're going to follow the format that we've been doing all year. Uh, but we're just going to step out of the book and we're going to look at Psalm 100. So it is up here behind me, but, uh, but read with me Psalm 100. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. The Lord is God. He made us, and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. The Lord is good, and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. So you can see this is a Thanksgiving psalm. You can see, uh, really, we could study this all week and still not fully get everything out of it, but, but we can focus in on it for the next few minutes and hopefully get, get our, our hearts set right for the week ahead, for the week of Thanksgiving. So first, let's look at the context. Now, now we read the whole psalm, so the context is the psalm. <laughs> now, the psalms... There have been plenty who, who have tried to uh, force a structure on them. There, there, there are 10 or 11 different uh, categories of psalms, uh, depending upon who you read, what scholar you read. Uh, some have even said there's two basic themes, which uh, is uh, uh, penitential, which is asking for penance, uh, asking for God to curse someone, and, and, uh, or, or I'm sorry, imprecatory, which is asking for God to curse someone and penitential, which is asking for God's mercy or, or for penance. Um, honestly, I believe that, that, that all of these scholars just force their structure on the book of the Psalms. The Psalms don't have a structure. Each, each Psalm stands on its own. 
and they were, they were, I think it's better to look at the Psalms as a collection of poems and songs and prayers that, were, that led people to worship. Now, they were used in the, the temple worship. They were used uh, during temple worship. They were used even in the synagogue in the times of Jesus. They, uh, uh, they would read the Psalms or shout the Psalms or sing the Psalms. We still use them today in worship. Uh, we still sing songs that, that are from the Psalms. So these are just a collection of poems and prayers and songs and, and the, just the pouring out of the heart toward God. And that's what I think really the Psalms are best understood as, as a whole. Now, Psalm 100 is a Thanksgiving psalm. And, and it really kind of describes the process. Leviticus 7 has what's called the thanks, Thanksgiving offering. Now, see if this sounds familiar at all. Because what they would do, they, was, they would enter the gates, they would bring their offering before God, and they would present it to the priest as a family. And this family would then take the offering, after it's, the priest would take it and, ra- and raise it up. It was, a, it, it was a, an offering that was raised above the head. And so we see that, that God immediately accepts thanksgiving. Because as soon as it's, it's lifted up, that part of the, the offering is over. And then they would give the, the animal, and part of it was sacrificed to God, and the rest of it was roasted, and then they would eat the leftovers with the priest. So the family was gathered around with the priest eating the leftovers, and that was the Thanksgiving offering. It sounds kind of like our American culture Thanksgiving, doesn't it? Except they were eating the leftovers, and we eat the leftovers for weeks afterwards. <laughs> but but it, it's very much like our American Thanksgiving, where a meal is shared together, and it is first offered to God, and then offered to the family and the priest. So... Uh, so we can, that's what Psalm 100 is about. It's a psalm of thanksgiving in it. And it shows the progression of going toward, going into the presence of God. So that's our context. So what does it say about God? Well, the word thanksgiving and the word praise that are used here in verse 4, they have the same root. Uh, we were talking about it uh, uh, Wednesday in our study Wednesday. Thanksgiving and praise have the same root word. They're, they're essentially twin sisters. Where one is, the other is. Thanksgiving is praise. Praise is thanksgiving. Where one is, the other is. And so God accepts our thanksgiving as praise. We are praising him when we are thanking him. So you can see how these two are, are just consistently together. Even in the New Testament, in, in, in Ephesians 5 is where we were looking Wednesday, and Paul says that we're to speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and then he says, giving thanks always for everything. So that he ties together praise and worship and thanksgiving, even in the New Testament. These two go together. Where we are thanking God, we are praising God. And, and you can see how that works. God recognizing that God has given you something is praising him for what he's done. 
and for who he is. So, so you can see how these two work together. God wants us to serve him with gladness and joy. Look at, uh, look at the verse. It says, uh, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. God wants us to serve him with joy and gladness. Now, I'm going to give you a, a, a secret here. You know, God's economy is always different than ours. In order to receive, you must give. In order to win, you must surrender. That's God's economy. That's how God's economy works. Let me tell you how to get joy and gladness in your life. Give God thanks. Thanksgiving to God leads us to joy and gladness. We get this mixed up. We think we'll be, we'll be thankful when we're finally glad, right? We'll be thankful when, we're fi- when we finally have joy. You want joy? Give thanks. And you'll get joy. God wants us to serve him with gladness and with joy. God wa- also wants us to understand that we, he made us and we are his. Now, parents in this room, grandparents in this room, you'll know what, what I'm talking about here. You loved that child before it was ever born. You couldn't wait for it to be born so that you could love it more. That's how God is with you. You've heard me say it from this platform again and again, but here you go again. You are the target focus and purpose of the love of God. He made you in order to love you. He made you so that he could lavish his blessing on you. He made you because he loved you even before you were born, just like we do with our children and our grandchildren. He, you are the target focus and purpose of the love of God. And you are the target focus and purpose of his faithfulness and his goodness. It says God is good and his faithful love endures forever. We are, that, we are the target of that. You and I. God intends for you to know he loves you. And he, his faithful love, now his faithful love is a good, it, it, it's, it's great news. Because we don't always love God faithfully, do we? But he always loves us faithfully. Always. He is always loving you. Every day. No matter what you do. In fact, there is nothing you can do that will make God love you more. And there is nothing you can do that will make God love you less. His faithful love endures. And he is good. And he does good. Now, sometimes it's hard to see the good in what we, what's going on in our life. But I, I think that's often because we focus in on our own viewpoint. We look at ourselves. And we think, things aren't going great, and so it's all about me. Somebody hates me. God hates me because things aren't going well. No. We need to take our eyes off of us and put them on God. Give thanks. It will bring joy. It will bring gladness. Give thanks because it will open you to see Him and take your eyes off yourself. Give thanks. And it says that God allows us into His presence. This is kind of amazing 
We take this for granted, don't we? We come to church and we just figure that the Spirit of God's got to be there, right? Because it's church. So we, he, he should show up. But he invites us into his presence. And he does so every Sunday here. He does so every day when we wake up. He invites us into his presence. And here, here is the way to get there. Give thanks and, and give praise. And, you're, and you approach the God who made everything we know. You can approach. You can be in the presence of God. And what's, what's, what's there for you at the, in the presence of God? Grace, mercy, healing, everything you need. Everything you need is waiting for you there. And he, he allows us to approach him. He asks that we acknowledge him as God. And he asks that we enter his courts with thanksgiving and, and his, his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So what does this say about us? Well, as I said, God made you to love you. You are the target, focus, and purpose of the love of God. He made you in order to love you. He made you to show you his love. His whole purpose for you was to love you. It says that our thanksgiving, that when we give thanks, it is acts of praise. It's acts of worship to God when we give praise. Remember, praise and, and thanksgiving are twin sisters. Where one is, the other is. They are conjoined twin sisters because where one is, the, all, the other always is. So what do we need to do? We need to give thanks to God in everything, even the stuff that doesn't feel so good, even the stuff that makes us angry, even the stuff that, that, that we really wish God had, had done a different way. We kind of get a, uh, uh, what have you done for me lately thing going with God, don't we? We, we sort of think, well, God hadn't done anything for me this week, so you know, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to pray this week. I'm not gonna, I don't want to hear from God. Or we get mad at God because of something that's happened in our life. God's faithful love endures that. And we can go back into his presence. We can, go, we can come back into his presence where, we've, where we receive grace and mercy and healing. Where we receive him. By giving thanks. By giving what he asks. And I'll tell you again, joy you want joy, do thanksgiving. Thanksgiving leads to joy. Thanksgiving always leads to joy. And we need to come into his presence. We need to, it, we, he invites us to, we need to take the invitation. We need to come into his presence. Not just here, although I'm really glad you're here to do that with me today. Not just here in your house, in your workplace, in your car. You can be in the presence of God everywhere you are. Give thanks. Give praise. Receive joy. And be in the presence of God. So let's look at this phrase by phrase. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. As I mentioned before, thanksgiving and, and praise 
uh, their twin, their conjoined twin sisters. The root of the word actually is confess. Now, we think, of, what do you think of when you think of confess? You're thinking of confess sin, right? <laughs> You're thinking that confess is a bad thing. But re- remember that confess in the Bible just means to speak the same as. So all you're doing is agreeing with God. When we confess sin, we're not telling God that he, something he didn't know, you know? If, if we confess a sin, it's not, it's not as if God is up there going, oh, I, I missed that one. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. No, we are just agreeing with God that, that we sin. That's all we're doing. And it's the same on the positive side. With, with thanksgiving and praise, all we're doing is, is agreeing with God that he is who he says he is and that, that he has done what he says he's done. I have said this from this pulpit before, and I know it's harsh, but I'll say it again. There is a God, and it isn't you. Now, we have this problem. We've had this problem since Adam and Eve. We've had this problem where we want to be in charge. We want to be the ones that, that choose our life journey. We want to be the ones that, that decide what's right and what's wrong. That's what Adam and Eve did. That's the problem with us. There is a God and it isn't you. It isn't me either. So we acknowledge God. We, we, when in thanking God and praising God, we are saying, you're God, I'm not. You are greater, so much greater than I. And so I am, I am giving you thanks for what you have blessed me with. Thanksgiving leads to that kind of joy, the kind of joy where you're recognizing, you know, this is something that, that gains, starts to get some momentum, you know? Once you start giving thanks, then it starts to build some momentum, and pretty soon you're seeing all kinds of things that you can give thanks for. And you quit looking at, what, at, at yourself. You quit looking at what's going on in your life right now and you just begin to focus on what God is doing. We need to give thanks. And the, the gates here are the outer boundary of the temple grounds. And so I think it, it, the next slide, and his courts with praise, you can see there's the outer gates, and then you, you're coming into the courts. Uh, this is the tent of meeting or the, or the tabernacle, a picture of it. And so we, we, are, we are entering in to, toward the presence of God using thanksgiving and praise. We are coming closer and closer to the presence of God, to the most holy place, to the place where God is. We are coming through our thanksgiving and through our, our praise. So, now I don't want you to think that God is kind of this mercy vending machine, you know, where you would insert one thanks and, and receive one mercy. That, that's not the point of this. The point of this is that we can, through thanksgiving and praise, we can enter into the presence of God where everything we need is, grace, mercy, healing, uh, strength, comfort, everything that we need is there. We just need to get there by taking our eyes off our, ourselves and putting them on God. We get there, and then we're in the presence of God. And then we have everything we need. And is it, <clears throat> so what is 
What is the, oh, I'm sorry, the last section, give thanks to him and bless his name. The word bless literally comes from the idea of kneeling down. So if you're going to kneel down before somebody, you are recognizing them as greater than you. That is what blessing his name means. It's, again, recognizing that God is greater than you are. That there is a God and it isn't you. It isn't me. There is a God who has faithful love. A God who, who's, whose mercy endures forever. That God invites you into his presence if you just kneel down. If you just acknowledge him as God. That's what blessing his name is about. It's about recognizing him as God and, and surrendering our hold on what we are. So what's the comfort and the challenge? The comfort is you are the target, focus, and purpose of the love of God. The unending love of God. You and I are the target, focus, and purpose of the love of God. God made you to love you. You are here because God wanted to love you. You, you came from his desire to love you. That's really good news. The challenge? Keeping an attitude of gratitude. Because we can get self-focused. We can get, we can get focused on what's not going right. We can get focused on the tough stuff that, that every life has. We can, get, we can get focused in on all of the wrong things. And all of those things are focused on us. All of those things, where our eyes are focused on how we feel. Focus your eyes on God. That's an attitude of gratitude. Give thanksgiving. Receive joy. That's how it works. So this week, this week in particular, perhaps, would you commit this week to every day entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise? We focus on the wrong things at this time of year. We focus on turkeys. <laughs> we, fo we focus on dinners. We focus on the busyness. We focus on all the wrong stuff. We can have joy from God if we will just enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. You've heard me say again and again that, that God made you to love you. You are his child if you know Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you belong to God. But do you need to make that step today? Do you need to make the step of faith toward Christ? Christ was given to you and to me in order for us to have a relationship with God. He was given so that our sin could be paid for. So that we can be sinless before God. Do you know Christ? You can. It's a simple prayer this morning. 
We simply first acknowledge that we have sin in our life. God, I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price. He took my place on that cross and died so that I could have life. So I ask you, God, to forgive me, not because of who I am and what I could do, but because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And I ask you to come into my life that I might know your presence, that I might know your mercy, your grace, your healing, your strength, your comfort. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Let somebody know that you took a step of faith toward God today, that you know Christ today. Christian, will you focus on God for this week? Will you focus on entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for this time that we had together. We thank you, Father, that, that you have done so much for us. We couldn't possibly list it all. We, we recognize you as God, and we recognize the blessings that you have poured out on us. We thank you, and we ask in Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.